Welcome to Face Value with me, Brock Elbank. I'm a London-based photographer who over the past decade has documented well over 500 incredible human beings from around the world for various portrait series, including beards, freckles, vitiligo, CMN, and most recently scars, with a simple aim to raise body positive and mental health awareness through my Instagram page, Mr. Elbank. This podcast, in conjunction with the Brock Elbank Foundation, goes back through my archive and has conversations with former subjects for these series to discuss their incredible journeys and inspiring stories. So please sit back, relax and enjoy. Thank you for listening. Good morning or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this. This is Brock Elbank. This is episode three of my new podcast, Face Value. And I am privileged to have some absolute quality in class on on the episode this time round. We have the founder, the head honcho of Caring Matters Now, Mrs. Jodie Whitehouse. How the devil are you, Jodie? And thank you very much for giving me up some of your busy schedule. It's an absolute pleasure, Brock. What an introduction. So I'm doing fine, thank you. Nice sunny day in Liverpool today, so we're doing all right. Well, it's freezing down here in the in the capital. Um, I feel like we're back in March again. Um, twice I've seen you in the space of a week. I haven't seen you in four years, and then I've seen you twice in a week. I know, I know. It's like busloads, isn't it? They all come at once. Well, last time I saw you, you were carrying your third child. I was. I think I had four weeks to go left in my pregnancy. And now Ben is three next month. So time does fly. But we, we have had the pandemic in the middle of it all, Brock. So we, so we could wipe yeah, off know. two years, exactly. really, for that. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for um, coming on and doing this. Um Slightly different format this week, like like we have a format, but Jody, I I have technically taken Jody's portrait um, for something. What was it for? Was it for LinkedIn or something? No, you took the portrait for when we actually. Tinder? Tinder. No. <laughs> <laughs> but when we when we were launching the exhibition and it was going yeah, to be used as a bit of a profile image or something, I can't really remember. But you did take my photograph, Brock. Mm. Um, so technically, I have photographed Jody, but Jody, Jody's charity, which I'll let her tell you who are listening a little bit about. Um, I did a three-year series for. So, Jody, if you'd just like to introduce yourself to the people who are kindly listening and give us a bit of information about the good work that you and your trustees do please. Yeah sure so uh, my name's Jodie and I live in Liverpool um, and I was born 41 years ago with a rare birthmark that covers up to 80% of my body so it's a big brown dark brown hairy lumpy birthmark that covers my whole back and it wraps around my stomach like a jacket and it covers the tops of my uh, legs too so it's one big mark as well as having lots of little marks on the rest of my body too and um, for the first 15 years of my life uh, I wasn't given a name for the condition and I had over 30 operations in the local children's hospital here in Liverpool to try and remove the birthmark because the consultants thought it could be dangerous and um, so they should try and remove it but all treatment failed so I still have CMN as the condition is now known today as much as I did 41 years ago um, but at the age of 15, long story short, I met a consultant at Great Ormond Street Hospital who asked if he could give out our home telephone number to other patients he was coming into contact with who had the same condition as me. Um, in an instant, myself and my parents said yes, because we'd lived, lived 15 years um, not knowing what the condition was called, not meeting anybody else with it. 
and we didn't want other families to experience the isolation and loneliness that we did for those first 15 years of my life. Um, so from that point on, the phone started ringing and it hasn't stopped since. So 25 years down the line, we now support over 700 families across the UK and internationally too. Um, we raise funds for research and we found the cause of the condition, which is called congenital melanocytic nevus, CMN for short. Um, and because we've now found the cause of the condition, we're working towards a cure. Um, and then the third aim of the charity, so it's support, um, research, and the third aim is awareness. And that's where you stepped in, Brock, because we Beautiful wanted to raise... link. Thank you. We wanted to raise <laughs> global awareness of CMN, and we wanted to do it on a big scale. So we kind of stepped out in faith and started this partnership with you and started to photograph children and adults with CMN within our um, charity community and it's been a springboard into raising awareness that we really want to achieve it has indeed jody that that was an incredible introduction by yourself you've done this before i mean you are quite well versed on the tv front as well um it has been an amazing journey um working with you and i did mention a moment ago that i'd seen jody last week because we were invited by the american would you say branch sister charity what brother charity i mean how would you <laughs> yeah how, what would you call it jody so nevis outreach is the american charity for supporting um children and adults with cmn across america and funnily enough they actually started 25 years ago too and we didn't know each other at that time wow. but that's when both charities were established and we work very very closely together now particularly on raising awareness of cmn so they well we actually had chris the lovely chris who was the director who flew in from L LA? Who was yeah. in LA? I mean, it all sounds very glamorous. We and Jody bolted away down on the train, <laughs> and we 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 simulated doing a shoot for with the wonderful Callum White, mm -hmm. who was only seventeen when I shot him. He's twenty one now. Luckily, I mean, he's a bit of a Benjamin Button. hasn't hasn't uh, <laughs> aged too much. I have. Um, and we did a, a promotional intro clip, didn't we? I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing that Absolutely. in the coming weeks or whatever. So to, just to go back <clears throat> and explain, Caring Matters now uh, contacted me in June of 2016. Um, I'd photographed a incredible woman from Barcelona, Alejandra Garcia, for my Freckles series and I was unaware of the condition until she arrived at the house with her partner. Um, and I, as as Jodie knows, I'm, I am a bit of a kid in a sweet shop with anything new that I can feast my eyes on of that nature. And, and her bathing trunk birthmark became really the focal point of her series, even though it was initially four freckles that she'd applied for. So a few months later, you, you, I got an email from you um, just wanting to see what we could try and achieve together, if it was, it, it was even doable. Mm -hmm. um, but in those very early stages, I mean, you really were stepping out of your comfort zone as a, as a charity, weren't you, Jodie, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, for the first 20 years of the charity's life, we'd really tried to raise awareness of CMM, but focused on the medical field. So we wanted to kind of educate consultants and midwives and nurses about CMN. So the right diagnosis were given to young babies born with a condition. But we'd never really branched out <laughs> in trying to raise awareness uh, across the general public. And we didn't know how to do that. 
because when you're a small charity and you're trying to promote a rare condition, not many people will pick up on that and support you in raising kind of awareness beyond the medical field. So when we saw your image, um, and it was in a it was in a magazine that we'd seen a photograph, um, and we reached out to you. Really, at that point, we weren't too sure in what direction the partnership would go. We just knew that you took some brilliant photographs, <laughs> and we wanted to utilize your skill set to take beautiful images of children and adults with CMN. Because if you Google CMN, the images you see are medical images which aren't very inviting, which are quite shocking to look at, and they don't show the personality of the child or adult with mm. CMN. So we wanted to give a new concept or a new understanding um, of the person behind the CMN, and we knew you could achieve that. Um, but once the ball started rolling, shall we say, it didn't stop, and it snowballed to become it this huge, ex huge exhibition. In the centre of London, well, you know. I mean, I think we that was always going to be uh, the conclusion that I'd always aimed for, Jody. And I think um, something that was really nice quite early on in the project together was that you really gave me free reign to just produce the work. Yeah. Um, you obviously looked after the sort of admin or the the grown-up stuff, the organising, the emails, the spreadsheets, all of the stuff that I'm no good at. <laughs> and you left me to all the fun stuff, all, you know, all the creative stuff that I love doing. And it really was, and I'm not just saying this, it really was um, a great partnership because mm -hmm. we sort of left each other to our own devices and then sort of met in the middle, really. Yeah. But, but it was... It was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Because Absolutely. I think there was a lot of individuals. Um, I'd sort of, from the start, said to Jody and the charity that I needed. You really needed to put your faith in me, as you said, and 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 believe what I'm doing is for the greater good of the whole project. It wasn't about any individuals or what have you. Um. But there were times going through it that, you know, you have people really trying to step out of their comfort zone, um, which is very humbling, uh, very inspiring. But I think knowing that the conclusion would be a positive one, just getting it over the line sometimes would be quite a challenge, wouldn't it? Absolutely, because when we decided to try and put together the series of images, we wanted to aim for 30 portraits. And we have a, a membership of 700 people with CMN. But some of them live internationally, not in the UK. So there's logistics around getting um, people who want their images taken to London to be photographed. But also, there's such a dynamic of personalities. So we had... Uh, members applying to have their photograph taken for the series who had never had their image taken before. Some some of our participants who were photographed had never worn a T-shirt to reveal their CMN. They'd always kept it covered up. So for our members, they really were stepping out of their comfort zone. And I think the reason our partnership worked so well was because um, your strength is our weakness, i.e. I have no idea how to take a photograph and make it look amazing. <laughs> me either. I put that out to the students that helped me. And your, your weakness, as you said, was the organisation, which I can do. So it was the perfect partnership. We played me, towards each yeah. other's strengths and we trusted yeah. each other. And um, and I think those that came to get be photographed saw that trust between the two of us and then they could trust the process and really ensuring the well-being of those who were photographed was like high priority for me. And we were able to walk the journey with them. Um, yeah. And every single person who was photographed um, has given us 100% positive feedback and actually their confidence and their self-esteem has grown phenomenally, like way more than what I'd even imagined. So much so that those that have been photographed now are signed up to modelling agencies 
are out there on yeah. social media raising awareness of CMN and loving the skin they're in. They're proud of their CMN, where beforehand yeah. they would have hidden away from the public eye because they were fearful of how people would perceive them with yeah. a rare condition. So just to... I want to sort of go back and actually talk a bit about you now, Jody, because obviously without you being born with CMM, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. Or it'd be pretty random if we were. Um, when, I mean, I can't believe you're 41 now. I mean, you're a mere slip of a lass when we first met. <laughs> I'm nearly 50. I mean, this is ridiculous. So, Jody, when... When you were born, and I know that you've covered this um, many times before, not knowing what something is um, and being a child and growing up literally in the dark, as it were, I mean, how, how was it for you when you found out that there were other people with this condition that... that um, didn't have a name at that point. How did you feel? It was really surreal because um, I guess throughout my childhood, because I thought I was the only person to have this random big birthmark on my skin, um, it kind of became, I owned it. So when I found out that somebody else had it, it was so shocking. I was like, you have the same skin as me. So all my life I've been so isolated from the norm that to then realise there was actually other people who had the same condition as me was quite surprising. And <laughs> so it took a while for me to get my head around that, I think. Um, but obviously at the same time, there was a huge sense of relief that actually I wasn't the only person with it. There were other people who'd experienced the same that I'd experienced. Um, and though those first people that I initially met, um, there was a boy who was about 10 at the time. So he was kind of six years younger than me. But there was also a lady who we came in contact with who was about, um, at the time, probably about 40. So there was someone right. who was older than me who had the condition. But right. the three of us had never realised that each other existed until that moment when we were put in contact with each other, initially through Great Ormond Street Hospital. Um, so yeah. it was, I'd say, very surreal, um, but also a, quite a relief at the same time. Yeah. Um, you sort of said that you've had 30 procedures over the years. Um were this, I mean, I've, I've sort of discussed with surgeons before about, you know, they are like artists and they, I think they, you know, they want to do good, but I think they can probably get a bit carried away and want to do more and do, you know, this is from what I've spoken to other people for the Scar series. Um, how, how was it for your sort of childhood and going in and having having procedures and the yeah. recovery times, how? Because we've never actually discussed any of this. I know. Fun, funnily <laughs> enough, so you know. Um. So I had lots of different types of treatment. So, um, when I say I had small, smaller CMN on the rest of my body, apart from a large one. Satellites. Satellites. Well See, done. See, I did. I did learn something. I am impressed. Boss. Okay, so the smaller CMN, the satellites. <laughs> Basically, it's like it was like a tomato cut in half and on my skin. So it was very raised. It wasn't like a flat birthmark like you'd normally see. So those raised birthmarks, there was one on my face, on my cheek, on my arm, on my leg and on my foot and on my head. Um, and so where they were, they would get caught very easily. So I could literally knock against someone and it would bleed quite badly. Or I just remember walking through the supermarket with my mum on a Saturday morning and I'd literally be dodging the trolleys because if anything knocked into those kind of highly raised CMNs, it would be really painful and I'd have to wear dressings and stuff. So those ones um, were able to be cut out of my skin fully. So I've got scars where they were. But the larger one on my back, 
is so, so extent that they couldn't cut it out because there'd be no skin left. So they tried dermabrasion, which they wouldn't do now. So dermabrasion is shaving layers of the skin off. So they thought they could shave the CMN off. But the problem is it's so deeply embedded that it's like cutting grass. So it just grew back through. So that's why on my back, I've still got CMN as much as today as what I did when I was born. But that took a number of procedures. They didn't, didn't just do it in one foul swoop. I had to keep going back to tr to do different parts of my back and wrapping around my stomach. Um, so how, all in all... How sorry. was that? Sorry, how was that, Jodie, as, as a kid having... I mean, that, that that's a very extensive procedure. Yeah, um, it was you've, painful. You've, you've got... You've got surgeons who are probably, f through lack of knowledge, not, not you know, because, mm. as you say, there's no name for this at this point. Mm. How, how was it sort of coming out after a, an operation, the recovery time, how long would you be in hospital for? I mean, what mm -hmm. was it like for your parents? Because obviously I met your lovely mum and dad on... I've got my Steve, Stevie G boots actually God. up there in, in, in a presentation box, which we'll go into later. That'll be in the extras bit at the end of the show. <laughs> I mean, how, how collectively, how was it for you post-op? What, what sort of, when you're having a sort of bigger procedure, what would be the recovery time for something so of all, that nature? all in all, I missed three years of school in total. Um, so depending wow. on the... Depend on the type of operation and the extent of the surgery. Um, I could be off. I was off school for maybe one month up to eight weeks. It just depended on like uh, the recovery time and also how long it took for my skin to recover. Not just me, but the skin. Um, and but <laughs> to me, going into hospital was just normal life. So it wasn't. It didn't, you didn't have freak, anything. It didn't to freak compare. me out. Yeah. Nah, it was just like something I did. Like some people but went to dance three class. Years, I went three to hospital. Years. That's a t-shirt there. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Caring matters so. now. I mean, there's some merchandise. You've got to. You've got to see those those little nuggets of creative. That is a t-shirt. I mean, but that's three funny. years of school. I mean, that's that's quite a. A large amount of of um, and you can do spreadsheets, which I can't. I mean, I didn't miss any school. <laughs> I went seven years without a day off. Seriously, I had a hundred percent record. I can't That's even impressive. do a, Can't even That's do a spreadsheet. Can't even do a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. But how 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 was it for your mum and dad? Because you know, I have met them and I I know them, and they're they're, they're really lovely people. It must have been extremely challenging for them yeah because you just want your kids to be healthy happy safe um yeah you know must have so, taken a toll absolutely so i'm the oldest uh and i've got three siblings so mum and dad had me in their early 20s so even when you think of like a young 20 year old having a child i mean it's just a life-changing experience <laughs> turns your mm. life upside down but to have your first child then born with this really rare condition where you're told we're not too sure how long your baby will live for even um it was like devastating for them um and very isolating they had no answers they had so many questions and i do know that for the first um, number of months of my life whenever it came to mum having to bath me my skin was so raw that she had to be so so careful around that mm. and it took its toll on my mum so i know that my mum used to cry quite a lot in the first couple of years of my life and yeah. my dad ends up saying to my mum you really need to try and not cry in front of Jodie because soon she'll become aware of it. Um, and I think Dad is a typical Scouse fella. So he's kind of, he's, he's hard <laughs> yeah. and he's strong. And he basically really supported my mum, I'd say, in those early, early years. Um, and also, I think through through their partnership and, and just, yeah, supporting each other, 
they really then tried to embrace Masia men as much as they could. So, for example, they made a, a decision to take me swimming, but not to get me changed in like a private changing room, but to put me mm. in a communal changing room because that yeah. what they wanted was for me to get used to people. Normalize, normalize. It's going to happen it. in life. Yeah. So rather than hide me away and actually for me to then grow up feeling, you know, really insecure and just really self-conscious of my CMN, they then tried to instill in me this sense of embracing my visible difference and just knowing that there's a purpose and there's a reason for this. Um, yeah. And you know, Brock, like, you know, I, I'm we're Christians, so I do believe as a God and I, I really do believe that God doesn't make a mistake. And sometimes that's hard to see when you're living through trauma or through yeah. suffering or through trial. But I ha I am a parent have held on to that truth. And mm. now looking back over my life and seeing what's come out of me being born with CMN, having a charity and being able to support other people across the country and around the world, good's come out of it. So rather me. <laughs> absolutely so, <laughs> rather than being bitter <laughs> we, we've tried to change it into a better opportunity if that makes sense no i mean the, to dive in there jody i think that's a, a, a very valid point and i think um i mean caring matters now the the charity that jody heads up um i mean you do punch well above your weight don't you as a charity that i'm not i'm not i'm not body shaming there I, I meant as a charity i mean it's a it's a small operation but you really do very very well as we an organization without without blowing yeah. your own trip well you can blow your own trip i mean this no, is no but there's a there's a there's a reason why caring matters now has done so well and i can tell you exactly what it is it's let me get a pen and paper yeah, no, this is the trick. No, it's because throughout my life, the right people have come across my path at the right time. So when I was in school and I was way behind in my education, one teacher stepped up and said, Jodie, don't try and achieve 10 GCSEs because you're not going to. Let's drop them to five and get what you need. Okay, and then, so what she did, she mentored me to achieve five GCSEs, grade C, and I did it. And then I stepped into college, and at college, um, I started to support these other families across the UK, and my tutor at college said, Jodie, this is incredible what you're doing. Let's put you down for Young Person of the Year Award, which I thought was hilarious because, like, I got five GCSEs, C-level, and they want to put me down for this Young Person of the Year Award. So I was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, I ended up winning National Young Person of the Year Award, which was like a passport into any university. So I decided to go to York University because basically I love York. It's a beautiful so it's city. Yeah, my parents lived there actually. Oh, it's so nice. The, yeah, it's beautiful. So, so I went off to York University, carried on supporting families. And then Liverpool Football Club heard about Care and Matters Now that had just been set up and they decided to support me because I was a girl from Liverpool. And it was actually Liverpool Football Club that gave Care and Matters Now the first ever donation. So I got to walk on the pitch with Stephen Gerrard, Brock, I know you'd be jealous of that. And I was uh, presented... Not jealous, I'm not <laughs> jealous. I mean, jealousy's an ugly thing. I am biting my <laughs> lip, grinning. I've turned my camera off. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Liverpool Football Club gave me the first cheque of £5,000 and that got the charity moving forward. Mm. And then just people I've met along my path. So, my best friend at university ended up becoming a TV producer for big shows and he was then able to open the door up to, to enable me to raise awareness on TV programmes. So I've been on This Morning on ITV. We've been on Sky News. Many different programmes have been able to feature CMN, but it's because of the people I know. And that's been the case all the way through. So the reason the charity has done so well is not because of me. It's because of the support network I have around me. Just I think, brilliant I think, friends. I think you're being very modest there. It's JD. true. It's true. Um, 
Uh, but I do think you have to have a certain personality or character to be able to... I mean, you're a very positive... I mean, you're going to hate me even saying anything not your face. <laughs> um, but you are, you do have a, a certain knack of being able to spin several plates with a smile on your face. You're very diplomatic. I mean, you should go into politics, really. <laughs> Please, no. I'll be no. terrible. <laughs> But there is, I mean, as you well know, I mean, I set up my foundation or I, you were the first person uh, that I actually got in touch with. And you kindly, we got, we jumped on the phone call for a couple of hours and I had a, a pen and a few sheets of A4 paper and jotted down all these scribbles. And you really were that, that sort of dare I say foundation that platform for me to move forward and and look into it because I I you know I do really respect what you do and I know you you're going to sit there going oh Brock's move on but it I mean the fact that I thought right who can I speak to that is going to be on my level speak to me as an equal not be condescending or this that and the other and I uh, you know, after a couple of hours, I did have a lot to take away from. Um, I mean, we're we're way off being where you're at, but um, you know, one one step at a time, one step at a time. And that's so, all it is. I sorry, Brock. For no, 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 no. Go on. No, no. Go, go. It's the I satellite just, I just delay. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like when you show compassion and humility and respect for other people that'll just come back to you so i think the reason that i i've got a real desire to support people because i've been supported throughout my life so yeah it was a pleasure to support you genuinely i like anything i can do to help anything i can do to help i'll put myself out there in fact, Adam, my husband, always says, Jodie, you need to learn to say no because whatever I'm asked of, I'll do because that's just that's just the way I'm built. But, uh, yeah, he did say, you've got to be so careful. It's a, good, it's a good job this isn't going out live because the, the <laughs> phone lines would be... <laughs> I say phone lines. So phone line. we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a phone box outside the, the recording studio, my, my, my office. Um, so to, to go sort of fast forward a little bit, Jody. Um, so at what point did you sort of feel? Um, I mean, what was the the moment that you caring matters now became a thing? I mean, so, was it something you discussed with your mum, your dad, or? Yeah, so we started to answer the phone and speak to families in 1996. And then we decided to invite these families across to Liverpool. And we basically put on a little bit of a gathering. So like my grandparents were serving the tea and coffee. My sisters were doing craft activities with the kids. And then me, my mum and dad were just talking to parents and trying to support them in any way we could. And because of the support we gave, these families then wanted to raise money for research and at that point we realised we need to become a registered charity here if we're to accept donations from these families and that's kind of what we did um, and then we passed the donations on to Great Ormond Street Hospital and that's really when the research took off um, and we've been supporting the research ever since. In fact this year amazingly in our 25th year we've reached the total of donating uh, £1 million to the research. Um, yeah. So it's just happened to fall on our 25th year, which is amazing. Um, yeah, that's incredible. But it's, it really is like, it's it's, it's really, uh, yeah. How, how, does that, how, how does that make you feel? Um, very uh, humble. So when I think back to the amount of people who've donated like genuinely and all sorts of ways in which people have raised money so we've done obviously the first donation was from Liverpool Football Club but since then we've done bucket collections at the ground on numerous occasions and just you know random fans have given money away supporters as well as home supporters but then we've had teams climbing Kilimanjaro 
doing 24 peaks in 24 hours. We've, we've had um, people running marathons, people cycling from one country to another. We've had people who've just, well, very recently, a dad has had a CMN of his daughters tattooed onto the back of his leg and has raised money by having a CMN tattooed onto his leg. And that, wow. that was also not just to raise funds, but to show his daughter that she's not alone. So like, Amazing. Like our families and my friends are just being so creative in raising funds. So to reach the million pound mark, like, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So when when um when you all got in touch and we sort of sat down, we used to have our weekly or fortnightly FaceTime, which started off very professional didn't they the first few but i think by sort of the 30 month mark i um i, you I basically was became my annoying big brother because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so tall <laughs> towering five foot seven of a man and a half inch but we used to literally have our sort of updates didn't we we'd mm -hmm. sort of do every sort of week 10 days and we'd all sort of get together and go through what we were doing yes and it was i think what was really nice for me was was the fact that you really were taking this massive gamble you know you were spending you know it was a, a big production Mm -hmm. uh, it was a long production, you know, you were getting people from all over the world, you know, we had people flying in from Australia, from Brazil, um, from mainland Europe, America. Um, but as it started to come together and the momentum built, uh, it, it was just really lovely to see, you know, it was sort of paying back your your sort of faith mm -hmm. in, in, in the work. But when we um when the show went live, um it, it made quite a, a big noise on the media front, didn't it? It really did, yeah. So we were keen to try and raise awareness of the exhibition through media outlets and we weren't too sure how to do that. But once one media outlet got wind of the story next thing many others wanted to get involved too so we ended up appearing the day before we launched the exhibition in london we ended up featuring um on every national news channel across the uk so we were on bbc itv channel 5 channel 4 sky news on all of them <laughs> it was a bit of a roller coaster journey um, and then appeared on regional news channels as well. So the participants in the UK who were photographed, um, their local news picked up on their personal story. So we really did achieve a lot of media coverage. And then it went international. So if you remember, when we were standing in the exhibition gallery on the first day, I had a call from CA CNN in America asking to speak to the press office from Caring Matters Now, which was hilarious. <laughs> so I I was like, uh, yeah, speaking. All of a sudden I became like the press officer for the charity as well as everything else. <laughs> and In the they store cupboard at the, at the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and we featured um, literally in, I think on every continent around the world, the exhibition was featured on a news channel which is just phenomenal. So, yes, we definitely achieved our main aim, which was to raise positive awareness of CMN. And then the physical doors opened of the exhibition and we had over 8,000 people come through the doors over 10 days, which is incredible. In our mind, we were thinking, oh, we might get like 100 people coming each day. Oh, poor volunteers were inundated. <laughs> and they needed to lie down at the end of each day because it was just so busy so so busy but it was it, it was lovely to have that conclusion because it, it was a lot of a lot of hard work for everybody that was um involved in it and and now with our clip that we did last week 
the American charity are doing a virtual exhibition because obviously we've had the pandemic. Yes. But I do believe that the physical show is heading north of the border. Is that, yes. Is that, so it's... <laughs> There's, well, but basically what we wanted to do was in 2019, after we exhibited in the UK, we did want to take it internationally. So all the support groups that are set up around the world that we kind of work in partnership with, we wanted to give them our 30 portraits and say, exhibit them, go for it, raise awareness in your own country. We can hold your hand and tell you how to do it. Now we've experienced it. But then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so we then couldn't exhibit physically. So um, the, our American partners decided to exhibit virtually, which is a new concept, but is taken off because of the pandemic. Mm. Um, but what we do hope now boards are starting to open again, that we can get our physical images across the world and we're working towards that now. Yeah. But for the time being, we are in July going to take the exhibition up to Glasgow. So in, in Glasgow, there is the British Association of Dermatologists annual conference and they are keen to exhibit all images and this conference is going to have all dermatologists from across the UK attending which is brilliant because again we're going to kind of educate the medical profession about CMN by yeah. viewing these images and hopefully it'll draw people to our exhibition stand where we can give them the medical booklet we can get them to sign up to our six monthly update for, for clinicians so we're trying to utilise the images as much as we can. Um, now borders are opening and medical conferences are back up and running again. It has, yeah, the pandemic has been, um, it's put a stop to a lot of stuff. I mean, I've I've had a couple of shows that, were, that had to be cancelled. And yeah. I think, um, you know, we've, even towards the end of last year, we're adding new members or new subjects to the show so we can sort of rotate the work um so it's it's, it's sort of like an ongoing project as as and when Yes. Um, and who knows, you and I may get to go to Disney World in Florida, or is it Disneyland in Florida? You and I, with our Minnie Mouse ears on, <laughs> with candy floss. I mean, I, I have to have some a hope and dream of one day, Jodie, you and I in Florida at, at Disneyland. Absolutely, feet up. <laughs> so to go back to you, um for the lot we've got just about 15 minutes left um where with your journey jody before before you'd started the charity um at what point did you stop having procedures done do you still get procedures done occasionally uh, was it something that you and your parents sort of sat down and said with the specialist enough's enough we want to just call it a day now what what was the conclusion with that and how old were you if you don't mind me asking yeah so my last operation was when I was 17 years old and the reason it became the last was because the research had started then so we were told that my CMM was not life-threatening so there was no need for surgery apart for cosmetic reasons right but but also um I, this might sound really bizarre, but I, I can't imagine not having CMN because it's just who I am. It's just my skin. So to, to not have CMN would just feel really weird. It's like yeah. part of my identity. So yeah. um, I wouldn't want to remove my CMN <laughs> because yeah. it's who I am. And um, I feel like, especially now, culture has shifted so much that um, visible differences are embraced and people why, want why to be unique. Why do you unique. think that is, Jodie? Why do you think, you know... I think, yeah, I, I think it's be just... I think it's because of exhibitions like what we've done together. I think social media has helped. I think people's stories, people putting themselves out there and sharing their life story of who they are with a CMN has really helped. And just 
people have just become generally more accepting of visible differences. Um, and it's now quite cool to look different and stand out from the crowd, where when I was growing up, people very much wanted to fit into what beauty should be, <laughs> rather yeah. than people deciding for themselves what beauty is. So, I mean, what going back to when you were growing up and, you know, it, it's lovely to sort of hear that your mum and dad were sort of rolling up the sleeves and, you know, we're just going to get on with this, let's normalise this. I mean, especially when even the medical profession is sort of scratching their heads and not sure what it was at that time. What what was it like um, for you at school? I mean, I, obviously, I've got a couple of kids myself that you know. Uh, you know, I see the the roller coaster dramatic episodes that un, unravel on a weekly basis. How how was it at school for you? So primary school was fine because I was in a very small village school with 30 kids in each year group. So everybody knew me. So everyone knew it was Jodie who's got a big brown birthmark and there was nobody kind of was stared at it or asked questions about it because it was just a part of me. Um, it was when I went to secondary school that things became a little bit more difficult. So at secondary school, I used to have to get on a bus so I'd be on a bus with a couple of my friends, but then loads of teenagers would get on and off the bus going to different schools. And so it was children and young people who didn't know me. And there were times where um, I was picked on. So I was called stupid things like dot to dot or Dalmatian or they would go, oh, what's that? And kind of like walk in the opposite direction. So just negative comments or negative looks from people. Um, and But the one episode that really stands out to me was when I went to get on the bus to go home from school and the bus conductor asked me to get off the bus because what? he thought what I had was contagious. Uh. And my friend said a few words back to this bus conductor, which I won't repeat on remember, our podcast. Mem remember, we've got a PG, Jodie. Absolutely. <laughs> and they all got off the bus with me, like in protest. Wow. Um and, but that was the only one time, really, where something particularly negative happened. Um, um, but how uh, how do you process that at the time, Jodie? Because I think, I mean, everybody I, I document, and I know, yes, I have photographed, but I photographed you for a series. And I think everybody I do photograph has some sort of experience like that, that they can you know, refer back to and remember, close their eyes and then there. How how was it at the time having to take that ignorance from someone and try and absorb yeah, it, I suppose? It's more just the embarrassment of the moment. So for me, it's more people looking on and what are they thinking and just, yeah, like making me stand out from the crowd. It was just embarrassing and humiliating as a teenage girl. Yeah. Um, but what I, again, just looking back, all these kind of experiences that I've been through have really helped me to build resilience in life generally. So now I'm at a point where I genuinely don't really mind what people think about me because I'm kind of used to people thinking I'm a little bit strange or a little bit odd or a little bit out there. So now it's kind of just the norm. And when I go on holiday, even when I went on holiday with my two best friends, we'd be sitting on the beach and my two best friends would notice when people were staring at me or pointing at me or looking at me. I didn't notice it because it's so the norm and I've just become very oblivious to it. So it actually impacts now my friends and family more than it impacts me because it's like water off a duck's back. Like genuinely, it doesn't bother me. And I, yeah, I'd rather if if my CMN kind of um, takes those type of people away from me, then that's just a blessing. People yeah. who are drawn to me are the people who I care for and people who I'd want to spend time with. Everyone else, genuinely, I'm not bothered. <laughs> yeah. So with... with um, Because there, there was a massive shift in, in the subject matter um, 
when the, when the exhibition was on i mean there was there was a, a an example of that there was a girl contacted me whose name i won't mention um it was a couple of nights before the opening night asking how much the tickets were for the show and i said well no one's going to pay to see my exhibitions i mean it wasn't the content just um, sort of joking around with her and she lived in South London and I said look it's free it's it's through a charity please come down um, and she she was in her mid mid 30s if memory serves me well yeah. and she'd never been around anybody before she'd never worn a t-shirt before she turned up at the exhibition in a t-shirt and then proceeded to meet all, all of the subjects and the charity, you know, all the trustees and that. And and it was incredible to sort of witness this realisation, like yourself at sort of 15, 16, that you weren't alone, you weren't the, the only person. But there was also a girl that came over from Sweden who I remember being in the main area um, and she was with a, a couple of the subjects looking at the work and she was just crying. She was so relieved. I wouldn't even say happy. It was just this realisation again that there were all the all of these people that were confident. Not, and it's not about bravery, it's confidence. It's confidence within yourself that they were confident to um, bear their skin, as it were. I mean, I actually did shed a few tears that week. Yeah, yeah. And it did. It has a huge impact on the CMN community. So when we uh, were organising the exhibition, we arranged for charity volunteers to be there to greet um, guests and we thought the people who had come to see the portrait to be from the general public we hadn't anticipated that there'd be people who actually have CMN who would see the media coverage and then come to the exhibition themselves many adults came through the door who have CMN and it was the first time they had the confidence to talk to somebody else about their condition and like you said they'd hid themselves away for many many years and all of a sudden, this group of adults who have CMN wanted to embrace their condition because of viewing the exhibition images. Now, those adults now are fully-fledged members of Care Matters now. So we have a huge community of adults now living with CMN who've developed friendships and a support ne network amongst themselves and who meet up throughout the year Um and they are all they all say the turning point for them was when they saw the exhibition so it had not just an impact a huge positive impact on the general public but actually on the cmn community itself it really did instill confidence and self-esteem in those individuals uh, that's i mean that's the first time i've heard that i mean that 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 really is <laughs> incredible well, it, is. it is it is um We've got a few minutes left, Jodie. I mean, how how was it for you and the the team? Because at that point, you've been doing the charity for over 20, uh, 20 years at that point. Um, when it sort of was in the midst of it and you having all these visitors, you've had all the media and, and, and interest. I mean, how, how did that feel within the charity? Um were you surprised um relieved i mean what how how because you did you took a massive gamble so um i would say when the exhibition doors closed i was exhausted but one you were because, you were 36 ways as i say one because i was due to have a baby in four yeah. weeks time i said but two emotionally drained because mm. it had been such a journey, as you know, and to yeah. see the finished product and to see the impact the exhibition had within the CMN community and actually just within the world. It was it was like phenomenal and way beyond anything we'd ever imagined. So I had to take stock 
for about four Th- weeks after three the years. exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, till today. <laughs> to just like get me head around yeah. it because often when you're in the detail you, you, you don't see the bigger picture mm. so it was time for me to see the bigger picture and to see what we'd actually achieved over that three-year journey um and it really was that exhibition at, at the oxo gallery it was a springboard for the charity in raising the charity profile internationally in raising the profile of cmn the condition and um now we are reaping the benefits so we have this huge community of cmm members who kind of connected with us because of the exhibition and we have so many personal stories on our website if people want to have a look at them and so many of our members refer to the exhibition because it really had an impact on on themselves um so yeah it was fantastic it really really was so now that you and the charity have achieved all these incredible things, Jodie, what what next? What's next for Caring Matters now? So I'm a big believer in we will continue as much as there is a need. So I would say that the need at the moment for us is to continue raising awareness um, and using the exhibition and, and kind of all the experiences that we've been through to use the exhibition to continue to raise positive awareness of CMN because it hasn't just had an impact on people with CMN but with any visible difference. So we have other organisations reaching out to us saying it's amazing what you achieve for CMN but do you realise those photographs, those portraits have had an impact on our own community? It might be vitiligo, it might be another type of birthmark but I think we've really shifted culture perception of the acceptance of visible differences across the field, not just within the CMM world. So for Caring Matters Now, we want to continue to raise positive awareness. We want to find the cure of CMN, mainly for the internal CMM, because for those listening who don't know, CMN can grow on the brain and spine, and we have children who die within the charity because of the internal complications. So we really want to work towards a cure for the internal CMN Um, and just to continue supporting all the families that we do. As long as there's a need, we'll be there. So and we'll continue to do that. So, well, I'm I'm quite in awe of what what you and the the charity do. But um, to end on, uh, I mean, it's been a very positive, as you are yourself, very positive conversation we've had um what what words of wisdom uh would you give to um parents of a newborn or somebody um growing up with cmn what what would you just in a couple of sentences what would you be your advice not to walk the journey alone so to connect with others who've experienced living with CMN and to glean from others who've already walked that journey. And so you avoid making the mistakes that I made growing up (laughs) and take the best, um, the best parts of, yeah, I don't know. I'd say that's it. Just the fact that to connect with others who've experienced. But you're not alone. Yeah, Absolutely. And and the end and just to realise that you can live an absolutely fulfilled life with CMN. So I've achieved far more than some of my friends because I have CMN. I've had the most amazing experiences because of CMN, not in spite of it. So I would say embrace whatever difference you have to anyone else and use it. Use it. And you did get to meet Stevie G. Pardon? And you got to meet Stevie G. Except on that the wouldn't pitch. have happened. I wouldn't have worked at Liverpool Football Club for a number of years if I didn't have CMN. I wouldn't. I, there's loads of things I wouldn't have done if it wasn't. That's for CMN. all I'm going to be thinking about now for the rest of the day. Yeah. You hand in hand with Stevie G walking onto the pitch. And you know what, Brock? <laughs> if there's one thing I wanted to achieve as a charity, is for Steven Gerrard and Klopp to become patrons of Care It Matters Now. If I get them to as patrons, then my job's done. 
My job is done. And, and, and you go to another photographer to do their photos. <laughs> never, never. Well, on that wonderful, um, I mean, that is an aim. I'm just going to be badgering you once a week now. He sent the email. He <laughs> sent the email. Um, Jodie Wisehouse, uh, thank you so much for being uh, my third guest on wow. Face Value. If you like um, what you've been hearing from our wonderful um, guests so far, you can subscribe on all of the top hosting websites. Apparently, my friend does all that for me. I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, Jodie, I'm going to stop recording now. I hope I've recorded. That might I'll become. Stop that... too. Okay, so thank you so much and uh, goodbye. Goodbye.